What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Waste of Brain Cells podcast. We did it, guys. We made it past 2020. I think we can all give ourselves a well-deserved pat on the back. But hey, let's make 2021 the best year we've ever had. We have a super show for you today, and I don't mean and I mean that literally. We are going to be going over Super Wild Card Weekend in the NFL. Excited to get into some of these games. I think it'll be really interesting with six games now. I kind of like that format. Then we will be getting into our favorite um, Spider-Man movie ever. Um, that will be interesting to see where we lie, if we like Tobey Maguire or if we like Tom Holland. And then lastly, we'll be wrapping it up with your superhero hot takes along with our hot takes. We'll be joined by a guest today, me and Logan's friend. Tristan Avery will be stopping by to um, talk with us. Be a great show. Hope you guys like it. Well, Logan, I think uh, we have to briefly um, recap the sports talk last week. If you guys don't remember, we talked about the college football playoff and the Duke's Mayo Bowl and Orange Bowl. So uh, we're just going to quickly recap what happened in these games. I'll start off with the Duke's Mayo Bowl. You guys may remember I said the keys to this game were going to be who kept the ball the longest and who had the tempo it was going to win. Well, I was wrong, but there was one thing I was right about. Whoever wins the turnover margin will probably win the game. And well, that happened because Wake had like five turnovers. Wisconsin, I don't know if they even had any. And well, let's just say this was Wake's game to win and they lost it. Um, it was a very close game um, in the first half, but then our quarterback decided to throw four picks in a row on four possessions. And let me just say, um, Sam Hartman had only thrown one pick this season until this game, and he decides to throw four and end our season in a dumpster fire. Like, what are you doing? No, and, and, and I'm mad. He threw it right to the linebacker in the last three. You can maybe say the first one, oh, it was his fault. It was kind of he was there was pressure, but it, it, it was just terrible. Um and Honestly, like you can go back and look at the stats. You'll be like, wait, how did Wake lose this game? They had like double yardage as um, Wisconsin did. They had double passing yardage. Wisconsin had more rushing yards, but like we were literally also um, in like the red zone for the first two drives. We were down by like a score because we had a block punt earlier and a few other mistakes, which you could be like, well, isn't that probably why we lost the game? No, we were driving like three of these times to make it a close game, and to come back and win. And, well, that um, a lot of things went wrong. Um, I, I think Wake might be a promising team next year, I hope. But we'll have to see. But, yeah, um, pretty angry about that. Logan, would you like to talk about the Orange Bowl? We're both depressed here, guys. All right, let's, con- let's continue sad boy hours today by talking about the Orange Bowl. As we all know, my Tar Heels lost the Orange Bowl 41-27 to the Texas A&M Aggies. But first of all, I want to say that if anyone watched this game, they know it was a lot closer than 41-27. It was a lot closer than a 14-point game. The biggest thing I said for Carolina going in is that if the defense plays good, they have a real good shot at winning this game. In the first three quarters, they only gave up 17 points, which is really good because A&M is one of the best offenses in the country. Their O-line is dominant. Great running backs. Kellamon's a very smart quarterback. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He keeps the ball safe. So I was like, okay, we're playing good. We're playing really good defense so far. And Carolina ended up having the lead at one point in the fourth quarter, 27 to 20. 
And I was like, okay, they might actually win. But then the defense gives out. Texas A&M's defense stands up. They're amazing. Carolina's defense gives up. Well, not only gives up, but just kind of – they were hanging on, but then they just kind of gave out. They were tired. And it ended up being 41-27. Now, what I did notice in this game for Carolina is that I was wondering how Sam Howell would play without his main targets. You know, Javante Williams, Michael Carter, De'Ami Brown. is probably his best three offensive players. Well, to start out the game, first drive, he throws a horrible pass and it's intercepted. He throws it way over the receiver's head. And it's probably one of the worst passes I've ever seen him throw. But after that, he ends up having a great day. He had 234 yards passing, three touchdowns. He made a lot of good plays on the ground. And I thought he looked, he looked to me like probably the better quarterback in the game, to be honest. I think he played better than Kellen Mond. It's just Kellen Mond had a better running game. I think if you compare him, Sam Howell was playing honestly better. Run game for UNC wasn't anything special, as we all know. The both the running backs are out, so none of the running backs really stepped up. Sam Howell made some plays on the ground, but nothing spectacular. The biggest surprise in this game for me was actually on offense was receiver Josh Downs. I never, I didn't know who this dude was. And be honest, I didn't know who Josh Downs was. Ends up having four catches for 91 yards and two touchdowns. He looked like a stud. He had a like a 75, 80 yard touchdown at one point that gave us the lead in the fourth quarter. Daz Newsome in his final game as a Tar Heel had one of the best catches I'd ever seen. Go look at his catch on the highlight really made the Orange Bowl. He makes it diving and juggling. That dude is amazing. Six yeah, catches, so 68 great. yards, and a touchdown. It was amazing. I was so hyped. The video of him on the sidelines is even better. But I will say what lost Carolina this game or what really swung possession was I think the score was 27-27. It was like early in the fourth. Sam Howell throws a bomb down the field to Coffrey Brown, and Coffrey Brown lets the ball go through his hands, and they have to end up punting. And if they could have scored on that drive, maybe they get even more momentum on offense. But after that, they did they never scored again, and AM's defense was just too dominant. But I'll say this program has a lot to go off of for this game. All these 21 of these starters are coming back next year, so they gained a lot of experience against a good team. Team went two and nine two years ago, ended up competing in the Orange Bowl against the team that was a lot better than them in that game. And I mean, Carolina did what they could. Do not have your four best players out there and go ball out. I mean, it just says a lot about Mac Brown and how good Sam Howell is. Just want to say, Sam Howell, you're welcome on this podcast any day of the week. You're the quarterback, and I'm Howell for Heisman 20, 2021. That's what I'm hoping for. I'm on his hype train. Let's hope he wins a Heisman. All right, yeah. Um, I, I would say I want Hartman on the show, but not right now. Why? He had money on Wisconsin. I think yeah, I think he had money on Wisconsin. Honestly, I he mean, had money on dude, it. Dude, if you look at it, he was one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the ACC to have only thrown one interception. That, by the way, happened in the last game after we had been out for a month with COVID. I think that's pretty impressive. Now, I think he'll be really developed and we'll come back next year with our pretty good wide receiver core. I don't know who the heck's going to play running back. Our top running back um, transfer to Michigan State, which we'll get into that in a depth. Another episode. Very angry again. Well, everyone, that's a recap of Duke's Mayo Bowl and Orange Bowl. We are both depressed. Please um, send us your support. Um, I hope you guys enjoy the rest of the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Wasted Brain Cells podcast. It's episode three today, and we have special guest Tristan Avery. Tristan, thank you for being on today. Yeah, thank you, man. And today, we're going to start hey, off with... No problem. Yeah, thanks, bro. It means a lot. So today we're going to start off, as always, with our sports talk. And to start out sports talk, we're going to talk about the college football playoff national championship. As most of you probably know already, the game will be Alabama versus Ohio State, number one Alabama versus number three Ohio State. And for starters, Brad, who, what do you think about this matchup? 
Um, well, to be honest, I think we all know what's going to happen. It's going to be an offensive shootout. Um, with, there's just so much offensive firepower with Ohio State's with Justin Fields, Trey Sermon, Chris Olav, and Garrett Wilson. And then with Alabama, you got Mac Jones, Najee Harris, and the now um, Heisman Trophy winner, Devontae Smith. And they might get Chris um, Waddle back, which would be extremely awesome. But, yeah, I think it's going to be just a big offensive attack. I think it's really going to be which defense can hold a team the most is going to be, like, who wins. Because I, I think we got to really watch what Alabama's pass attack does against Ohio State's secondary because Ohio State's secondary is trash. So, it, especially if they get Waddle back, oh, I think it'll be over for Ohio State. Um, but I, I do think it is good to mention that Ohio State did seem to play pretty decent against um, Clemson in the past. So, uh, yeah. And then um, Ohio State's D-line is really going to have to step up with um, um, their top performer, Haskell Garrett. Um, uh, I think he'll have a really good matchup against Ohio Alabama's O-line. They have an inexperienced uh, center who's like a freshman this year. So he hasn't really been that great. So that'll be interesting to watch. Um, but yeah. All right. For starters, I think this game is going to be very, very, very close. Like I think these teams are about, I wouldn't say even Alabama probably has the head, has the edge on offense, but I think this is going to be a shootout. I think like the breath this is going to be a shootout. I mean, with Alabama, like you said, the Mac 10, Mac Jones. Devontae Smith, Heisman winner. Najee Harris is probably the best running back in college football. They might get Jalen Waddle back. Oh, and yeah, Nick Saban's experience, you can't doubt Nick Saban. Nick Saban got embarrassed in 2018. I don't see him getting embarrassed again. I think that's even more motivation. But on the mm-hmm. other side, Ohio State, they have even more motivation. Justin Fields had the best game of his career against Clemson. They, yeah. didn't, they didn't just beat Clemson. They smacked him. They clapped Clemson. They smacked him. It was a beatdown. It was, it was ugly to watch. <laughs> As we all know, if yeah. you guys follow the Instagram page, my t- my quote unquote twin Trevor Lawrence, <laughs> he didn't really he didn't really have the best game against them, and he did. I feel sorry I feel sorry for poor Trevor because they had to roast him about his mustache in the post game. So I just want to say, Trevor, if you're ever hear this podcast, I doubt you won't. Please keep growing the mustache out, man. It looks great. Don't let them hate it on you. <laughs> don't, great, let the, don't let the haters it, get you down, bro. Don't let the haters get you down, Trevor. Your mustache looks yeah. great. But anyways, <laughs> I think that it's gonna be a close game. And I think Alabama wins by three just because too much offensive talent with all the receivers yeah. are going to get open. Najee Harris is going to have a field day probably. But like I said, Ohio State, plenty of motivation. People doubting him again. Justin Fields is trying to get his draft stock up. Ryan Day is trying to prove he's an elite coach. And I do have a theory, though, for our listeners. Last episode, I did say I can't envision Ohio State beating Clemson. That was obviously horribly wrong. So maybe is there a chance that Ryan Day and Justin Fields listen to this podcast? Did they yes. happen to hear me talk so much trash about them? Maybe if they listen to this podcast again, if they do, if they listen to, if they happen to listen to this, I know it's probably Dabo Sweeney ranking him 11th, but if they happen to listen to this podcast and gained more motivation, they might just win. I'm picking Alabama, but watch it be Ohio State. Yeah. You got anything to say about it, Tristan? Yeah. Um, I really like Alabama in this matchup right now. Um, yeah. Just because they have more experience over Ryan Day and Justin Fields and uh, they're not really uh, experienced line. Um, mm-hmm. my, my, like the big biggest question I have is, do you trust Justin Fields? Because yeah. you've seen his, you've seen his performance against 
contenders like Northwestern, but you saw his performance against Clemson. They're he's very up and down, and I really enjoy watching him play. He's very exciting. But do you trust him in this scenario against Alabama, who's one of the best defenses in the league? Um, after what he did to Clemson, I do, but I, I, it is a little bit concerning. I don't know how he's going to play with those ribs because we all know what happened to Drew Brees when he broke his ribs. Mm. And I think Fields got hit even harder. Um, yeah. But, you know, Fields is younger, but I that would – I, I don't know how we'll play with those. You know, they'll give us a good, you know, medicine before the game, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how that affects him. Yeah. yeah. I got a, Justin Fields with broken ribs was like better than half the quarterbacks in the he nation. Was, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. to be honest, I mean, look at what he did. That man threw six touchdowns with like hurt ribs. I think he's better. He's better than Mac Jones, in my opinion. Yes. I, I will agree yeah. with that. He's better than Mac. Mac Jones is good, but I think Justin Fields just is a better quarterback overall. It's like the flu game. Like you have more exactly, built- man. You can tell Ohio State was just that's all that motivation. They were just built to win that game. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, are you guys rooting for Alabama? You're rooting for Ohio State. Um, I'm for Ohio State. I want to see Ohio State. Win. I'm for Ohio State. So bad. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see Ohio, Ohio State, State so bad, man. Yeah. I, if you're not, uh, if you're a college football fan, but you're not a fan of like Clemson or Alabama, it's kind of painful every year. So yeah. go Ohio State. Yeah. Please win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I say we now move into what the NFL is calling Super Wild Card Weekend. I know this is the only thing I'm going to be doing this weekend, watching the game. So I, I say we started off um, with the first um, game on Saturday at 1 o'clock, Bills versus Colts. I think this will be an interesting matchup. We'll have the number two offense of the Bills going up against the eighth um, total ranked defense with stats, I, I got this according to ESPN. So they're the eighth-ranked defense. Um, key matchups, this pass defense of the Colts ranked seventh, and they're going up against a really good pass attack of the Bills. Um, Josh Allen had 37 touchdowns to 10 interceptions, and he has probably, arguably, one of the greatest receivers this year, Stefan Diggs, who carrying me in fantasy so I think that will be interesting to watch to see how um, if the Colts bring pressure because that's literally how you have to beat the Bills is play good pass defense. And then also it will be interesting, the Colts' the way for them to win is running the ball. Um, Jonathan Taylor has really come on as a pretty good rookie. And um, they're going up against the Buffalo's run defense, who's pretty bad. They allow over five yards per rush. So um, the Colts, if they want to win, they're going to have to um, run the ball against this um, Bills defense. But I, I really don't see how the Colts, um, their defense, I know they're very good, but I don't think they can hold the Bills offense the whole time. And I don't think the Colts offense has enough to really stop them. What do you yeah. guys think? Yeah, um, I mean. You going to go ahead and look in? All right, sure. I just want to start by saying I love you, Pat McAfee, but I can't see your Colts beating the Bills. I, I can't. I mean, Josh Allen and those receivers, they're not going to be able to stop them the whole game. Eventually, they're going to be able to make plays. Colts defense could make this a close game, but I don't have to think that much about it. I'm going to go with the Bills. If this was Josh Allen last year, it would be an entirely different story. Yes. If this was Josh Allen last year. But this is Josh Allen in 2020, and he's doing fan fantastic he's 
he's probably one of the better um, quarterbacks in the league right now. Yes. He was in the MVP race, but I, but I mean, it's Aaron Rodgers and. It's you know, Aaron Rodgers. It's yeah, only yeah. Aaron Rodgers at this point. <laughs> maybe Derrick Henry. Maybe Derrick Henry. We maybe, can hope. Maybe yeah. Derrick. Maybe Derrick Henry. All root for Derrick, Derrick Henry. Yes. Who carried me in fantasy? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, I I really like the Bills in this matchup right now. The Bills have a very high-powered offense, and that defense it's pretty underrated in my opinion. Um, they have a good starting defensive tackle. Um, Tre'Davious White is a fantastic corner. Their secondary, mm-hmm. uh, full of big hitters, um, except when it comes to Derrick Henry. Uh, <laughs> um, and the Colts. I mean, I don't hate the Colts in this matchup. They they have a really good defense. And that middle linebacker, I can't remember his name, but um, Leonard. Dar- yeah, Darius Dar- Leonard. Yeah, Darius that guy's Leonard. a beast. Yeah. He's fantastic. And um, the Bills need to contain the run more than anything. If they can stop the run, they can they can let Davis White do his thing and uh, coach the secondary to a world victory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I... This is an interesting matchup for me. I'm a Bengals fan, so I my team sucks. So I, I try to root for some good teams in the AFC. And two of the my favorite teams I, I've liked to watch in the AFC are the Bills and Colts. So um, I hope either one of them wins. I'll be fine with whoever wins. But I think the key to this game will be Phillip Rivers. He we, yeah. we all know he's not been the greatest in the playoffs. He's five and six, but this is going to be probably his last year. He might come back next year. We don't know that yet, but I don't know. I feel like there's going to be something, even though Phillip Rivers isn't having like the greatest season, he's played pretty good in some games though. So I honestly think we're going to see a different Phillip Rivers in this game. I think he's going to come to life and actually play extremely good, but um, I still don't see them winning, but I don't know. I think this could be maybe a possible upset. If the defense plays really well, and if um, Philip Rivers doesn't throw picks, yeah, but yeah, I definitely agree with that. And there's and there's definitely there's definitely a lot of good matchups, mm-hmm. uh, wide receiver wise, and um, against the secondary. I really I really like that. It's going to be an interesting game. Yeah. Uh, one last thing I want to note: um, the Bills' second receiver who's been amazing for him this year, Cole Beasley. Um, he was out last week with a knee injury, I think. So it, they don't know if he's going to be healthy enough to come back. But that is a very important piece to their offense. Um, he really gets their short pass game going. Um, a lot of times teams try to lock down Stefan Diggs. And when they do that, Beasley's the main target. So, it, yeah, I mean, you should see him run a slant route. He's like one of the best receivers <laughs> running a slant route. So I think it'll be interesting if he's out, then that will really take some pressure off um, the Colts to focus a lot on Stefan Diggs. All right. But I say we move on to the next matchup, um, the Steelers versus the Browns, the number three defense of the Steelers um, with total tackles, um, sacks, all that stuff. Um but I think they're probably number one defense when they're all healthy versus the number three run offense just behind the Ravens and the Titans of the Browns. Um, Logan, how about you start us off with this matchup? 
I'll say this, though, it's probably going to trigger some people, but in a, this is a battle of the pretenders. I don't think either one of these teams is going to go to the Super Bowl. I'm going to be honest. I don't really, I think both these teams have their issues. Both are kind of up and down, but I'm going to go with the Steelers. I think the experience of Roethlisberger is going to trump all this. Mike Tomlin will have a game plan ready for the playoffs. That defense is going to be lights out. And I got to be honest, though, I'm not really a Baker Mayfield believer. I don't think he's really the best thing in the world. If the Steelers stop the run, they get this game pretty easily. Yeah, um, after watching them almost choke against the Steelers last week and then playing the reserves, practically, I was like, uh, what's going on? Um, The Browns, I mean, you lost to the Jets. It's like, are you trying to not get in the playoffs? I mean, they're almost – I thought they are going to be cursed. Uh, I mean, they have been kind of cursed, like the Bengals can't win a playoff game. But – yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see um, how the Browns play defense against Pittsburgh because, honestly, I think they um, – you know, Big Ben in the playoffs is always great. But what I've seen this year is if you can bring pressure against Big Ben, he's not going to be accurate. That's what the Bengals did. That's, still, I think, the main reason why the Bengals won because not only were the Steelers receivers dropping balls, but Big Ben was off. Um so I think if um, the Browns bring pressure with Miles Garrett, um, I, I, I think it will be an interesting um, matchup. And also um, it will also be a big game for Denzel Ward, their best corner, to help shut down some of these young receivers. Um, so, yeah, and, and like you mentioned, Logan, if the um, Steelers shut down Cleveland's run game, it's going to be over for them. Um, it, Pittsburgh has uh, one of the top five run defenses, but it'll be interesting. They're missing two of their key pieces, Bud Dupree and Devin Bush. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, it, there's going to be more pressure on um, TJ Watt and more of their other superstars. Um, but yeah, I think if the Steelers shut down the run, it's over. Yeah. Um, going off what Logan said, I really, I really agree with him on the pretenders aspect of the entire game itself. Um, we all know Chase Claypool has, has having a breakout year. Um, but I really don't trust Big Ben in the situation. Um, the Browns defense is not, not bad. Not bad. Yeah. I mean, you have a, you have really young and really talented, um, individuals like in the award and, and like Miles Garrett. Um, and I think, I think there's definitely a chance for uh the browns to pull this one off but i i see it being either a complete Steelers like dominating the game or a really close browns victory yes it all all comes down to big ben's play and if make if baker mayfield can stay on where he's been for the past couple weeks yeah uh uh-huh and I, I found this out, you know, TJ Watt, you know, are probably the best defensive end in football. Um, the Browns have a rookie um, lineman. Um, um, I think it's either on left end or right end, but I can't remember. But TJ Watt, he's going to have a field day against that guy. Oh. <laughs> That's all I can say about yeah. that. He's going to just uh, murder um the Browns so um yeah that'll be interesting to see um yesterday it came out that um the Browns coach has COVID so um I forget who they said 
is going to do their play calls. I know he's their special teams coach. Um, but actually, he played. He, he was a coach for the Packers and a couple other teams. And I um, was listening to Aaron Rodgers, who was on Pat McAfee's show yesterday, giving him high praise. So I, I think they will end up being all right um, with the play calls. But, yeah, I think this will be a, honestly a closer matchup than everyone's thinking of. Anyone else have anything um, to say about this game before we move on? I don't really like either team. Uh, <laughs> to be fair. No, um, I mean... being in the oh. AFC North, I want both teams to lose. I really dislike <laughs> the Steelers, and I really dislike the Browns. So, all right, the last AFC matchup, the rematch of the Ravens and Titans. Oh, this is going to be an exciting game. The top oh, yeah. two run teams in the league um, is, is the Titans and the Steelers. I mean, Ravens, my bad. Um, so, yeah, um, it is going to be interesting to see what Mike Vabrell, um, um does to try to stop Lamar Jackson because he did a decent job of stopping him uh, last time they played. Um, yeah, like last time the playoffs held him to no rushing touchdowns and two picks. So um, it's really going to be up to uh, Vrabel to see how he can keep Jackson contained. And then Derrick Henry versus Baltimore's run defense is another key matchup. Um, Baltimore's run defense is pretty good. They're seventh in run defense. And, well, Derrick Henry's put up um, combined 328 yards in the last two matchups. So that, that's some, one of the main reasons the Ravens have lost to them the past two times. They can't stop Derrick Henry. So, I mean, it is really hard to stop a truck. So, <laughs> full semi. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. Go ahead. Okay. So, I think this is going to be like, this is probably the best game of Wild Card Weekend, in my opinion. This is the one I'm the most excited for. Both teams can run the ball. There's talent on both sides, like offensive players galore. It's going to be a great game. Like, you know, with the Ravens, that ground game with Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins, a really good rookie. They're going to have a good they're, – they're going to be able to run well on the Titans. Titans defense isn't really that great. But on the other side, you got a guy named Derrick Henry who is just literally built different. It's like a Mack truck running at you. He is that dude from Monsters University, that scene where yes. that football player is just running over that end zone, running into the goalpost. He's as big as the stadium. Derrick Henry is built different. What this game comes down to is who can make a big throw when they need it. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I trust Ryan Tannehill and AJ yes. Brown to make a play in the air yes. more than Lamar Jackson and his ter- and his not so great receivers. Even though Lamar's an MVP, Ryan Tannehill is, in my opinion, the most underrated quarterback in the NFL. He, he had an amazing season. No one gives him credit. He's pretty good in the running game. He's he's mobile. He can take some carries every now and then. I think the Titans win this game. They own the Ravens, and they're, in my opinion, probably the most underrated team with the most underrated quarterback and a guy who's just built different. I completely agree, Logan. I I honestly you took the words right out of my mouth. Um Ryan Tannehill, he was he, I I started him over Drew Brees on my fantasy team. <laughs> and um and it worked out. Um I don't I didn't I didn't see Ryan Tannehill after he left Miami. I didn't see him being a worthwhile starter mm-hmm. anymore. But somehow he's, he's turned his whole career around and become one of the better starters in the league. Um, he has an amazing core of wide receivers. You have AJ Brown, who's just a beast. Um, Corey, Davis. With that same. Corey Davis, of course. 
and you have that the picture of him and DK Metcalf, and he's built different as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and yeah, uh, this matchup is really going to come down to the pass attack. And overall, I I agree with Logan, and I trust Tannehill more, and I trust his receivers more than Lamar Jackson's ability to scramble and run up the pocket, because um, the coach for the Titans locked him down, and I agree with you, Brad, on that part. Um, and the Titans have this one in the bag if they can, if they don't, if they can let Derrick Henry run the ball. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But the Ravens have one chance and one chance only, and that is to stop their uh, stop Derrick Henry, and that's a hard thing to do. And I, mm-hmm. I trust Derrick Henry's ability. Yeah, um, I, I totally agree. I, when when I look at it, um, the Titans have two threats, and they they have threats in the run game and pass game, and that is something I don't think the Ravens have. I I know everyone's like, well, the Ravens have Hollywood Brown. No, he's not. He's not uh, an elite receiver. Uh, I AJ Brown and Corey Davis are both better than him. And Tannehill is. I mean, I, I've watched a lot of Titans game this year. He is on the money. I. I mean, I. It's just amazing. He just throws it up to AJ Brown and he catches it. I don't know if you guys saw the um, deep throw at the end of the their game against the Texans last week. Oh Holy yeah! Holy cow! <laughs> Tannehill just saw uh, through it, and it, it was awesome. It set up the field goal. I I don't know what the Texans are doing, honestly. Um, but the um, the Ravens have been playing extremely good on defense though the past couple mm-hmm. weeks. Sure, they've played the Bengals, but um, yeah, Calais Campbell um can really make some plays. I think on this Titans O line, um, and I, I think if the Ravens can really get some sacks possibly on Tannehill. I think that's the way the Ravens win because I really like the Titans better in the pass game. Both these teams are great in running, but when it, if both like defenses play good and lock down the run on each side, um, then it'll be up to passing and the Titans will win. All right, next game. Now time to go into the NFC. The Bears versus Saints, one of the surprise teams getting uh, in the playoffs, making Dolphins fans want to um, hurt themselves. The Bears, who I think finished 8-8, eight and eight, got in the playoffs. Um, what do you guys think about this matchup? Tristan, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I have some words. Um, the Bears, as a team, don't know what they're doing. <laughs> they... You have Mitchell Trubisky starting, and I'm a big UNC fan. I think we, we all agree on that. We're, we're all UNC friends here, and um, and we want to see him succeed. But the guy can't throw a ball. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's really hard to um, see the Bears winning this game. But that defense, though, it, it's spectacular. It's... It's going to be down to if Drew Brees and Taysom Hill uh, can get past that defense because Saints defense is going to absolutely dominate against the off- all the offense, in my opinion. Um, it, it, is, it is the Saints game to win. Um, and overall, I honestly don't see the Bears winning this game at all. 
Oh, I completely agree. The Saints are going to win this game. I mean, the Bears, I didn't even know they could still get in the playoffs when they lost all those games in a row. I'm just shocked they're there. Mitchell Trubisky, I want to like you because I love Carolina. I want to like you, but you give me no reasons to because you are just okay. But if Mitchell Trubisky somehow pulls off this win, the Bears will probably sign him for an extension. Yeah. So I think he has yeah. something to play for. I mean, there's some more for Drew Brees. I think Drew Brees wants that little one last ride because I believe this will be his last season. Unless the Bears' defense plays absolutely lights out, I don't see him beating the Saints. Saints are just a really good, complete team. They can throw the ball. They got a good running attack. The Unless the Saints are cursed because they keep choking, unless they're just absolutely cursed, they win this game. But if the Bears win this game, we're going to have to eat some major crow next week, so watch out yeah. for that. If, if, the Bears, if the Bears win, this this is this podcast is burned. I'm sorry. Yeah, Bears, <laughs> Bears, Bears. You, I hope you listen to this podcast for some motivation. Yeah, um, I don't see the Bears winning, but I I do think the Bears have kind of figured it out a little bit. You know, after we all knew they were an imposter when they start out five and zero, and we all knew that because then afterwards, I don't know how many games they lost in a row. They were a disaster. Nick Foles, terrible. Um, it, well, I can't say he's terrible, but it, he just, no, he was just ruining them. And honestly, it's sad. I think the Bears have some decently okay um, uh, receivers um, or rising receivers um, for that. And David Montgomery is part of the reason why they started winning games and weren't able to sneak into the playoffs. Um, I only be. I mean, I had to go against him in the playoffs of fantasy. It was not fun at all. He, he like, put up 20 points each time. But the Saints' run attack is extremely good. They, again, one of the top defenses in the league, and they'll be able to stop him. And, again, like we all said, Trubisky, he ain't it. So, yeah, no. um, I, I mean, mean everyone gave props to him, though, for playing decent – after Nick Foles has left, but yeah, he ain't it. I mean, everyone gains until Nick Foles comes in. Yeah, everyone gains until everyone gains until Nick Foles comes in because he's good in the playoffs. Right. But Saints win. We, we have on. seen this matchup before. It was in week, I think, week eight, mm-hmm. and it went into overtime. It was yeah. a, it was like twenty six. Yes, it did go in overtime. You're right. It, it did go in overtime. <laughs> yeah, it was oh, a big okay. surprise. <laughs> And I think the only reason they won is because Alvin Kamara was was lights reduced out. lights. He was or, he was a non-factor. Oh yeah, that game. Yeah, he didn't do that great. That's right. Uh, the Bears they started Nick Foles and he did pretty okay. Twenty-eight for forty-one. Um, and it's just going to come down to defensive play, in my opinion. Um, whoever can have the better one game. Overall, with David Montgomery, if David Montgomery gets up a fast start, it's hard to stop him. And the same goes for uh, Alvin Kamara. Kamara is just a fantasy fantasy player's wet dream. Is it's it's he's amazing, and it's hard for me to see the Bears win, but it's there's a chance. It's small, but there's a chance, and we know we all know the Bears, and. If it goes into overtime again, I'm going to eat crud for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
the Bears um, have talent, but honestly, their QBs have just been killing it. Yeah, Khalil Mack, uh, third, the highest-paid defensive player. I think he's going to have a great game. But also, I think this is Drew Brees' like, final shot. If not, it will be next year, I think. So mm-hmm. this is going to be um, a monster Drew Brees. He's going to be great. So the only way the Bears win this is – if Mitchell Trubisky doesn't screw it up, the Bears have talented players and they will play good. But if Mitchell Trubisky screws it up, then yeah, the, the, he's the only one I think. It like if he sucks, you know they're going to lose. I mean, even if all their players do play good, they still might lose. The Saints are just a better team with talent. Um, okay, next matchup, I I I I'm kind of excited for this one: Rams versus Seahawks. Heck yeah. McVay, I don't care. Start John Wolford. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm a Wake Forest football diehard fan. John Wolford, oh my gosh. When he was at Wake, oh my gosh, he was so good. I, I think he broke the um, passing touchdown record for a Wake Forest QB. He was very athletic. I mean, it was just great to watch him every day. Um Except when he got hit. He got hit a lot. Um, Wake's O-line was trash when he was our QB. Oh, my gosh. He got hit all the time. But, hey, for his first NFL start, he got the Rams in the playoffs. I think that's all you can really ask for a rookie. Um, They are probably going to start Jared Goff, but I have hope. But, anyways, um, to this game, the Rams have had a lot of injuries recently, and they're going to lose because of that. Um. Watching them in the red zone last week, I, I watched the game entirely. They are terrible in the red zone. They cannot score. And going up against the Seahawks offense, oh, goodness. It, it, it's going to be sad to see. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if Jared Goff will be good and ready to go. Cam Akers, their um, rookie running back, who's been having a pretty good season, will he be healthy? Um, the only way the Rams win is if their offense actually plays good because this Rams defense, uh, as we've seen this year, has shut down the Seahawks offense. So Rams defense is the only thing that um, is really going to help them have a chance. Uh, Tristan, I know you're a Seahawks fan, so <laughs> I'll let you talk about this game for a little bit. I am very excited for this game. Um, Seattle is my favorite team. Uh, Russell Wilson's my favorite player. Um, and I really trust this defense now. And the first, uh, if you asked me this like a couple weeks ago, I would say absolutely not. We're anorexic on defense. But now we somehow turn it around like the last five weeks. I think in the last five weeks, we're first in points, second in total yards, third in passing yards, and second in red zone touchdown percentages as a defense. And comparing that to the first 11 weeks, we are 28th in points, 32nd in total yards, 30 seconds in total uh, points, and uh, our red zone efficiency, not red zone efficiency, red zone touchdown percentage was uh, 28th. And that's atrocious. And how we turned that around is really just amazing. And I, I love seeing it. Um, I'm just sorry. I'm bragging on my CLC uh, for just a couple seconds, but um, yeah, it's going to be up to this uh, this offense to get up to a fast start. If Russell Wilson can cook, he's going to cook. Um, 
and him and DK Metcalf are chemist. That's just chemistry right there. Um, it's going to be it's going to be against Jalen Ramsey, which is which is terrifying for me to say, um, because I, I I trust Russell Wilson to throw the ball, but I don't know if DK can have that that good enough placement against Jalen. I know he he's probably stronger and he can probably uh, get some good good um, yardage down the field. Um, but if Aaron Donald wears Russell Wilson like a blanket for this game, the Rams are going to win. I, I hate to say it, but if Aaron Donald is allowed to do what Aaron Donald does, we're, we're not going to win. And I, I hate saying that. Um, but I do like Seattle in this matchup a lot. We've beaten, we've beaten them before. We can beat them again. And um, yeah, let's, I just want my team to do something for once <laughs> in the playoffs. And I'm very excited for this game. I think the Seahawks win this game just because overall, I trust Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll in this spot. I mean, Russell Wilson can extend the play just as good as any quarterback in the league. He can make the smart throws. I trust him. Well, besides Aaron Rodgers, he's probably the quarterback I trust most in these playoffs because I know he'll make the right play get the guys in the right position. If Seattle can run the ball, especially they'll win this game. What they got to focus on is Aaron Donald. Cause Aaron Donald is, he's in the built different club as well. He is built different. That dude is scary. That's like the last person on earth that I want to take a hit from. He'd probably kill me if he sat on me. So the Rams defense for the win has to play lights out, but at the end of the day, I don't trust the Rams offense, whether it's that Wolford guy that Brad raves about all the time or, Injured He's not Jared Goff. Wolford guy. Okay. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> He's my right. Sam Howell. Okay. <laughs> All right, we'll get in Sam Howell later. So, uh, yeah, we'll I don't trust. Him. I don't trust Jared Goff or John Wolford to win this team to victory. I mean, unless what they will have to do is just throw it quickly to Cup and Woods and just hope they go off. But yeah. I think Seattle is just overall more experienced and they're going to make enough plays to win this game. Yeah, my last thought on this. Um game is the Rams if their offense can play good I'm sorry to say but the Seahawks it's not going to be a good day for them um I saw you know this last matchup between them and to be honest the Rams um if they could have actually played offense and actually score in the red zone they would have won that game uh the Rams defense did a great job of holding that Seahawks offense but Goff was just terrible. He was off target with his receivers. Their run game was awful. Um, and honestly, I really liked this Rams team earlier in the year. Like I have them pretty up, like probably in my top five. But ever since I, they, they, their offensive struggles this year, they, they can't be, they can't win in this league because this league has turned into an offensive league. And sure, you got a great defense that will help you out a ton, but you got to score a few times. Um, and honestly, this defense could also make some plays on the side of the ball, maybe even get some points. But yeah, with just all these injuries the Rams have had, I don't see them winning. And last yeah. but not least, the greatest matchup of these playoffs, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against Logan's favorite team, the Washington football team. Yeah. Y'all ain't got to do me like that, man. That's, that's harsh. Y'all ain't got to do me like that. I'll get into this. I have, I have something prepared. Please, please go ahead. So y'all want me to start out first? Because yes. we all know the situation. <laughs> no. All right. So as we all know, I'm a big New York Giants fan. And 
we had a chance to be playing in this game. But I'm going to say this. Everyone's welcome on this podcast except for Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson, you are <laughs> never welcome on this show. I don't ever want to see you again. I dislike you for benching Jalen Hurts and tanking, so we're not in the playoffs because of you. And Evan Ingram, we're not in the playoffs because of you. Those two people are the last two people I want to see on earth right now. They're the reason we're not in the playoffs. This We should be in the playoffs. I'm sorry. I had to get that out of my system. I get we're a six-win team. Clown me all you want. We're on the rise. But – I mean, I got to give a shout out to the football team because if any other team had to go in the playoffs besides the Giants in this division, I'm glad it's them. I got a lot of respect for Ron Rivera battling cancer this year. I got a lot of respect for Alex Smith coming back from that injury because I didn't think he'd ever play again at that age, coming back from that horrific injury. Got a lot of respect for them. I'm glad they're in the playoffs instead of the Cowgirls. I'm so glad. Thank God. But unless a miracle happens, they're not going to beat Tampa Bay because – Tom Brady, this is probably the most talented team Tom Brady's ever had, one of. And Tom Brady, in my opinion, is the greatest football player of all time. Not at the moment. He's not the best quarterback in the league, but he's the best football player of all time, best career. He's going to make the smart plays with Mike Evans, Godwin Brown. They got good running backs, too. Fournette, Ronald Jones. I just don't see how Washington can pull this off unless they get a couple defensive scores. And I heard Washington's thinking about trading out quarterbacks because they don't know Alex Smith's health, how he's going to be healthy for this game. He's still battling that injury. And I just – I don't think Tom Brady, as mad as he is because he got out, knocked out of the wild card last year, he's not going to lose to a losing record. He's not going to lose to a team that has a losing record, doesn't even have a name. So, goodbye, Washington football team. Sorry. Um, I, I kind of got to go off the um, – Logan's theory with Ohio State with the Bucks. I don't know if um, the listeners remember, but on episode one, when we were going over um, teams that were possibly going to make it to the playoffs, I didn't believe in the Buccaneers. Now, at the beginning of the season, I really did, but their mid-season really wasn't that great. They weren't hitting their stride on offense. But ever since that episode, They've come to life. They murdered the Lions. And sure, it's the Lions, but they murdered them. They have been on fire. They're, I mean, golly, it's just so great to see Tom Brady hit all of his receivers. Um, we don't know if Mike Evans is going to play, though. He um, hyperextended his knee. I'm glad that's the only injury, though, because, like, when I like they did a game break. I forget what game I was watching, and they showed him – injured and like when he tried to get up and walk he almost fell again so and, and we knew it was his knee I'm like oh crap I thought he broke it I mean towards ACL because he wasn't really steady getting up but luckily it's only that and he might play but yeah no, I don't see any way the football team wins this not at all um, I do think Tom Brady needs to be concerned after um, the game of the Washington football team and the Eagles, Chase Young said, I'm coming for you, Tom Brady. Um, I think um, Chase Young might try to break Tom Brady. Um, so hopefully his O-line plays, but other than, but still there's no way. Uh, there's no way football team wins. With Tom Brady in the playoffs, you're screwed. This is a really talented team. On, and I hope their defense plays pretty good because beginning of the season, the Bucks defense played great, but um, hasn't um, been as great um, the latter of the season. But, yeah, that's all I have to say about that game. Um, anyone else? Have I, don't have, I don't have much to say. I agree with you guys. Um, there's – if Tom Brady's clicking, he's clicking. He's in the playoffs. He's going to dominate like he always does. Being in the NFC this time, 
uh, I definitely see a lot of potential for the Bucks to go most of the way there, but it all comes down to um, their defense. I think it's a very underrated defense. Um, Vita Veda, Vita Veda is a great, great defensive tackle. Uh, uh, David, uh, I don't remember his first name, but he's one of the best uh, inside linebackers in coverage, and I definitely trust him. Um, and um, if if the Bucks defense can stop this Washington football team amalgamation of an offense. Yes. No. Um they will be able to do that. Um I, I saw this yesterday. Um the Washington football team are the worst team passing the ball in all of yeah. um the National Football League. But yeah, I mean the the only thing the Washington football team has is some talented young running backs. That's it. Uh, and Chase Young. And <laughs> Chase Young, yes. That guy's a beast. Chase Young is um, in the Bill yeah. Different Club as well. I'll give yeah. that. Chase Young's in the Bill yeah. Different Club. But Bucks win. Um, all right. I think that concludes the sports segment for the Waste of Brain Cells podcast, everyone. Now we're going to begin the movie review section of the Waste of Brain Cells podcast. Today we're going to be talking about something that I think a lot of you are going to enjoy. We're going to we're going to answer the question: What is our favorite Spider-Man movies? And we're going for everything, like Spider-Verse included, Tobey Maguire, Peter Parker, and Peter Parker, Andrew Garfield, <laughs> Tom Holland. We can even throw Venom in there. I I thought it was a good movie. I don't know about y'all, but I thought I liked the movie Venom. We're going to cover yeah. it. We any, we can choose from any of those. To be honest, we're, we're going from all of them. Okay. So without wow. further ado, I'm gonna let my I'm gonna let our guest Tristan Avery tell us what is his favorite Spider-Man movie. My by far favorite Spider-Man movie is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I I, I know that what? you can't beat the Tobey Maguire movies, Finger Gun, Finger Gunning, Emo Spider-Man Three. You gotta love it. But I mean, you have this, you have this great story, and you have all this slick and really just amazing animation, and it makes you feel feel some type of way. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and uh, and uh, the story, the animation, uh, the characters are all memorable, except for maybe the anime chick. I don't even remember her name. Yes, yes that part was kind of weird. Not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, Peter um, Porker. Yeah, you got you got to love John Mulaney in that movie. He <laughs> he was in he had small he had a small part in it, but it made my day because John Mulaney is one of my favorite comedians. Um, and yeah, I just love this movie. It's, it's, it's something I can watch over and over again and not get tired because the soundtrack, the soundtrack too is just phenomenal. Uh, I'm a big music guy and I enjoyed just listening to the soundtrack. They picked great songs. Uh, Sunflower was fantastic, I gotta say. And, um, yeah, and I, I just really enjoyed watching that one over and over again. bounce off what Tristan said because I agree with him. This is the best Spider-Man movie. It, I feel sorry for anyone who didn't see this in the theaters. This movie is beautiful. It feels like a comic book come to life. Animation is gorgeous. Like I said, you get this feeling that you don't get. You don't know how to describe it. It's just a certain feeling you get. And I think it's one of the best animated movies ever made. And this is not a oh, kid's yeah. movie. This is not a kid's movie. Like I thought this would be a little kiddish when I went to see it in theaters. It's not a kid's movie at all. It's something for everyone. 
Like it's a beautiful animation. You get all the different Peter Parkers from all the different universes. Like I said, you got that Spider Noir voiced by Nick Cage. Who doesn't love Nick Cage? I mean, Nick Cage is in this movie. That should like end this debate right now. By far the most <laughs> unique, by far the most unique Spider-Man movie. Some things are better animated. Some things don't need to be live action. That's Hollywood's problem. They try to take everything that's animated and make it live action. If this movie was live action, it would not be the best. Yeah, it I love be. how it's I love how it's animated. You can do some more. You do more stuff with it. It's just so unique. I love the uniqueness. And also, Kingpin was a great villain. He is literally built different. This man is huge. He is built different. I got a lot of questions about how Kingpin lives his life, but I'll save that for another day. But yeah, I think this is the best Spider-Man movie, <laughs> along with Tristan. Brad, what do you think? Okay. Uh, I, I, um, I picked a different movie, but I, I do want to add on that. When I first like saw this movie, I thought it was a joke. I'm like, what the heck are they doing? When I watched it in the theaters, I was like, holy crap, this is a great movie. Um, and yet, I, I do, I think, might have to agree with Logan. One of the best animated movies ever. I mean, nothing can top Shrek. But... Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> you have a point there. You got, yeah. you got a good point there. You got a point. <laughs> yeah. Um, but my favorite one is Spider-Man 2. This might sound weird, but... Um, this is going to be a topic definitely for another podcast, but I think Revenge of the Sith is one of the best. Um, yeah, Revenge of the Sith is one of the best Star Wars movies ever because of the memes. There are a lot of memes. And I rewatched this movie yesterday, Spider-Man 2. There is a ton of great memes in it. Um, um, there is the one Tobey Maguire scream. I don't know if you guys know it. I have it pulled up here. Um, listeners, prepare your ears, but. <laughs> I, for- I forgot that was in that movie. Um, Wait, what I scene is that? What scene does he just scream like that? <laughs> um, it's near the end where he's fighting Doc Ock, but then there's also James Jonah Jameson scream. <laughs> I know we all know that name too. But yeah, there are just a bunch of funny um, moments. In, oh, I also forgot about the other um, um, meme. It's pizza time. It's pizza time. One of the greatest scenes in cinematic history. Yeah, so I, I love this meme for uh, uh, this uh, movie for the memes. Um, but honestly, out of the three Spider-Mans with Tobey Maguire, I think it is um, probably the best one. Because, I mean, the first one, you know, it, it's good, too. But, you know, it's so the origin Spider-Man story. Um, and then three, um, I think we might discuss three a little bit later. But, yeah, it does too much. But, I, honestly, I think this movie has all you need. It has great character development for a superhero movie. Like, the classic, you know, the villain, you know, isn't really a terrible guy at first. But he wants power. And that really drives him um, to becoming evil. And then also, I think it's um, very interesting um, the the um, um, Peter Parker's um, storyline in this. Um, he really tries to balance everything that he does with being Spider-Man. He has a job, I, I think, yeah, two jobs, and then he um, has to. Um, what else? Oh, and he's going to school. So, um, yeah, uh, it it's really weird. He tries to balance everything with um, Mary Jane, and that's really what 
like causes him to not um you know get the girl in the beginning of the movie i mean just watching him it's like what are you doing he she wants you and he just fails i i mean he does make it pretty cheesy again with how he tries to get with mary jane (laughs) honestly uh toby mcguire is such a nerd that he's just perfect for this movie um and that role also um there are some really cool i think fight scenes in this movie um doc ock is very i think a very cool villain i mean he has some really cool action scenes as a villain in this movie um the bank scene is really cool you know i I don't know what his problem was he started throwing money bags at people it's like (laughs) are you stupid you're supposed to keep that money for yourself and then he um um takes aunt may hostage but bro aunt may is built different I don't know if you guys <laughs> saw where, where she's trapped up there and then um, Doc Ock is like about to like hit Spider-Man and she whacks him in the back of the head with her cane. It is honestly shows you that um, Aunt May is built different. Um, MCU Aunt May is built different. Also, I think this movie is a horror movie. Um, there's a scene right after the um, first explosion where, you know, Dr. Octavius is like presenting his new fusion energy that's going to like help stop climate change but anyways after the explosion he goes into surgery but then his robotic you know tentacles or arms you know wake up and then murder everyone in the surgery room it's honestly quite frightening but um i do have to say though after watching this this movie is a little bit cheesy it's not uh, done as great as you know, maybe Spider-Verse or the Tom Holland films, but it has enough memes to carry it. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think about Spider-Man 2 and Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man? They're all flawed, and they're all cheesy. That's what you kind of like about them. You kind of realize when you get older, these are cheesy. These are flawed, but they're still very enjoyable. Have a good time. I actually like the third movie. I feel like Sony messed up the third movie by sticking that Venom plotline in there. If, if they would have just kept it with Sandman, because he had a good story, if they would have just kept it with Sandman, let him be the main villain, I think it's a good movie. And plus it has that dance scene, and that dance scene, I don't care anybody says, is, is great. I love that scene. But yeah, these are good movies. I think the Holland ones are better than the Maguire ones, but the Tobey Maguire ones just work on a great nostalgic and cheesy level. So yeah, they're they're really good movies. Um, I really enjoy watching... The Tom, the Tom Holland movies as well. Uh, I do rank them higher than the uh, Tobey Maguire movies, um, but the second one is the highest rated out of all of them, and by Rotten Tomatoes, by the way. Um, and uh, I, 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 I don't know what to say about this movie that hasn't been said enough. It's just a meme, and I love it. <laughs> it's they're all just memey. And um, I think the first one is better by a little bit than the second one because, you know, you have uh, William Defoe being William Defoe and just making stellar performance. And um, I, I just like the plot better than the second one. I just, I just like the, the character arc that Peter has. Um, and, yeah, I, I just... I just I just it's it's homey for me. It's like I get this feeling of like yeah, yeah. I I remember this. This is good. 
Yeah. What um, do you guys think of the uh, first one? Yeah, it's pretty good. I don't really remember a ton of it. Um, I watched it a long time ago. Um, but yeah, I remember it was a pretty solid um, movie. Um, I, I said we talk about the Andrew Garfield Spider-Mans for a minute. They are honestly pretty good. If I rewatched them, I bet I, um, I would really enjoy them. But they kind of got ruined for me on the last one where um, she dies. I forget if it's Gwen or MJ who dies at the end of that one, uh, of the second one with Andrew Garfield. But yeah, it's it's kind of sad. Um, honestly, the end of the second one, well, they, they were pretty good as well. But I do rank Tom Holland's better than those um, too. I, I think Tom Holland is the best Spider-Man. I like that he's, you know, really young. Like, you know, he's like in high school. I, I think that really makes him a better character. He has, you know, he, he's pretty funny too. Um, you know, he has good humor. Um, Toby McGuire does too, but it's not like he's meaning to be humorous. It's just because of how he acts and like it, it just makes him just a meme by itself. But that's what I have to say about the Andrew Garfield ones. What do you guys think? I can take or leave the movie, to be honest. I'd much yeah. rather watch the Tom Holland movies or the Tobey Maguire movies or Spider-Verse um, or the animated series at that. The animated series was, was better than the Andrew Garfield movies, in my opinion. Um, I, I'm, a big, I'm big on cinematography as a whole in movies, and the, the Amazing Spider-Man movies just doesn't do it for me. It, it just doesn't give me that sense of awe that I usually get from Spider-Man. Um, the ending of the second one is garbage. I hate it. It's awful. It's where he throws the uh, the um, the the oh my gosh the manhole cover at uh, Rhino, and then it fades to black. Like this is supposed to be like one of the most impactful scenes in the movie, and you're just gonna fade to black. Yeah why i don't understand that decision i don't understand a lot of decisions that they made in that movie but as a whole uh i i just much rather watch something else i'm gonna be honest with everybody i've never seen those andrew garfield ones <laughs> i never saw them so i guess i'm not missing much you didn't Is, see did y'all no i never they saw them enjoyable. I, I, mean... I never saw okay it's venom better because i saw all the Ven- yes, i liked venom. venom's better venom's, venom's better okay Venom, Venom is better for a different reason, though. Yes. <laughs> Venom um, works on another. Venom works on that meme level that Brad likes. It works on a meme level. I yes, make fun I, of movies so much. <laughs> I love, I love poking fun at that, that movie with friends. It's one of those movies that I can sit down, watch, and just laugh at it because I know it's and, and just. It, <laughs> yeah, that movie doesn't even mean to be funny, but like it's so serious and so kind of stupid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, like, honestly, I I put it as a comedy movie. It, it is a very great movie. If you haven't watched Venom, you're, you're missing out. Um, I know they're going to come out with a new one soon. I'm hyped about that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it works for all the reasons it shouldn't work. I'm beyond. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. If you haven't seen Venom, um, please go watch it. It's imagine a buddy cop film. If the buddy cop was a parasite, don't call him a parasite, though. Yeah, don't call him a parasite. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, um, I think that will conclude the movie um, TV review section. Um, 
for Voice of Brinsville's podcast. Okay, everyone, welcome back to the third segment of the Voice of Brinsville's podcast and our favorite hot takes. So this week on Instagram, we asked you guys to give us our uh, your superhero hot takes. And so, yeah, we're going to go over them now. The first one um, is Deadpool is underrated. Logan, Tristan, what do you guys have to say about that? Tristan, um, go first. Okay. Um, I love Deadpool the movie. Deadpool, Deadpool just does so much. And it's just, it's, it's just the, the fact that they're able to make light of the situation as a whole and the film to um, have that sort of comedy and have like serious topics just underlying is just amazing. Um, the action sequences are phenomenal. They're, they're perfectly executed. And they had some really nice uh, stunt coordinators. Um, I do think that there are some scenes that are just unnecessary. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what I think of Deadpool. It's, it's just, it's a good movie to watch alone and have a good laugh at. Please don't watch this movie with your family. Okay, this takes that Deadpool is underrated. And just a disclaimer, I have not read any of these comic books, so you're going to get just strictly off of the movies I've seen. I'm sorry if that hurts anybody. I've never read the comics, so just apologizing for an advance. I think the movie itself and the character are both underrated. Deadpool has this charisma about him, the whole situation about you know how his face got all messed up and all that. And I think he just has a certain charisma about him. Wade Wilson is a great character. Ryan Reynolds plays that part perfectly. Ryan Reynolds makes this movie. I like Tristan too. Oh, yeah. able to take such serious topics, yeah. put light on them. I mean, some scenes are unnecessary, but it's Deadpool. It goes for it. It's something different. It's just, it's just like I said, this very edgy comedy you see in a superhero movie. You'll never see anything else like it. I think it was one of the most innovative original superhero movies, and it's definitely one of my favorites. But please, as another warning, don't watch this with your parents. It's going to be an awkward night if you do. I wouldn't want to do that if I was you, but if you want to have this as family movie night, go for it. But it's a good movie to watch with the boys. I can't say enough good things about it. This movie, in my opinion, it's one of my favorite superhero movies. Yeah, and yeah, um, it's a very I, underrated movie. I don't have anything to comment on this. Um, I haven't seen Deadpool yet, sadly. I do want to see it soon. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I know. All right, next hot take is Tom Holland is the best Spider-Man. Um, I I kind like I could see it as a hot take, but I'm gonna go with the even hotter take. Toby requires a better Spider-Man. He's yeah. the one I grew up with um, mainly, and so I am going with um, Toby McGuire as the better Spider-Man, as the better hot take. Uh, just because you know, I, I don't, you know, with um, Peter Parker, you know, and he's you know a genius, and I think you know Toby McGuire, you see more of that. He's kind of like you know Captain America before he gets you know the super serum, you know, like. I think the same thing happens with Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. You know, he's like this nerd who's kind of scrawny, but then he gets bit by the spider, and then, you know, then he becomes Spider-Man. Also, that's another reason why I kind of like that those ones better, is the Tom Holland ones, they don't really explain to you much how, you know, he becomes Spider-Man, you know. And I think that's just the one thing the Tom Holland Spider-Mans are lacking. Um, but, yeah, both of them are good. Watch them all. Watch them all, yes. Um, I want to agree with Brad here and say that Tobey Maguire is the better Spider-Man. 
purely on nostalgia. Like, um, I grew up watching the first one just on repeat for a while. <laughs> and there's just so many quotable lines. And there, it's, there's more meme potential with the Tobey Maguire movies than there are the Tom Holland movies. And that's a big factor for me. And I think Brad can agree with that. Um, and it, it takes it takes a lot for someone to say that Tom Holland isn't a good Spider-Man. Because he is. He, he is a good Spider-Man. He plays the character well. But overall, I, I just I just gotta say, Tobey Maguire, just he just does he just does it justice. He's he's my Spider Man. I'll agree with this take. I think Tom Holland is the best Spider Man. I love Maguire Spider Man's too. Like he works on a meme level, ironic level. He's great. But if I'm gonna be honest, I think that Tom Holland just plays his part perfectly. I, he's a believable high school student. I can believe he's in high school. Then Tobey Maguire movies, he looks like he's thirty. He literally looks older than the teacher in the movie. I'm sorry, but he looks older than the teacher in the movie. It's not as believable. The Tom Holland one feels like a high schooler to me. Like, it actually feels like it. Those movies are better. I can understand why some people don't really love the movies if they're just a fan of Spider-Man, not the MCU. But I think Tom Holland does it good. He plays the Peter Parker part very good. It's very believable. He's in high school. He plays Spider-Man better than Tobey Maguire, like the action sequences and all that. Like I said, better technology, better movies. Well, I don't know. I just I like Tom. I just love the Tom Holland Spider-Man to me. He's from what I hear, he's more like Stan Lee said. That's what he envisioned when he wrote Spider-Man was Tom Holland Spider-Man. So Stan Lee agrees with me. Okay, Logan. That 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 last line hurt. All right, Kristen's <laughs> going to be my new co-host now. <laughs> Goodbye, Logan. <laughs> I'm I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All right, the next one. My brother came up with this hot take, and I think it um can lead to a very intellectual debate. Uh, he put, is this is more of a question than a hot take, but I think it's great. It's, is Scarlet Witch the most powerful Avenger? Because um, as we have seen in the movies, she can destroy an Infinity Stone. And, you know, she is just very powerful with some of the things she does. And plus, like, she controls Vision. Like, she's just as strong as Vision, so... I think it is a very good um, question to bring up. Um, but yeah, what do you guys think of it? I mean, we saw her go toe-to-toe with like Thanos in Endgame. I mean, she held her own in that fight. So as strong as they made Thanos in those movies, she's got to be one. I don't know if she's the strongest, but she's one of. I mean, look at all she's done in those movies, destroyed Infinity Stone, the battle with Thanos. I'm really interested to see what they do with her character in the Disney Plus series WandaVision. But yeah, I think she's one of. I wouldn't say the most, but... She's definitely yeah. a strong Avenger. Yeah, I'm going to um, actually say the strongest Avenger is Thor. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. His, his great comeback in the, um, um, shoot, the Infinity War series. I mean, he is just so powerful. I, I mean, sure, you know, there is that scene, though, when him, Iron Man, Captain America are going up against Thanos, and Thanos is just destroying them but um i i, I do th- like logan said it'll be interesting to see what they do with their character in the future with this new show coming out um but i i do think she is one of the more powerful avengers definitely tristan you got anything to say about this i agree thor is this topic's been discussed in the talk uh, comic books as well um 
and I agree, Thor is the most powerful. He, I mean, he's a god, so it's kind of hard to be. But Scarlet Witch, she's got some fight in her, in all seriousness. I love her as a character, too. She has a great character arc throughout all the movies, Age Ultron, and and um, her, her abilities are fantastic. They're well-written, too. Um, I don't think she's overpowered, per se. She's very powerful. But, uh, yeah, I, I agree that Thor is the strongest. Um, but I think Scholar Witch will give him a run for his money. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think it is. I think we could really go more in depth, um, but we don't have the time. So let's move on. Um, which one do you guys like better, ants or spiders? Because this next hot take says, Ant-Man is better than Spider-Man. What do you guys think? <laughs> wrong, no. just wrong, wrong. Yes. Ant-Man is underrated, but he has nothing on Spider-Man. Spider-Man's that classic superhero. He's one of the greats. I love his story arc. I love what they're doing with him in the MCU, how they're involving him. His movies are more consistent to me because I liked both the two Spider-Man movies better than the two Ant-Man movies. Ant-Man is great. I like the first Ant-Man. I wasn't a huge fan of the second one, to be honest. Like, I get what they were trying to do, make it lighthearted, but I don't know. I didn't really love it. I thought both the Spider-Mans, Homecoming and Far From Home, were both really great, and I, I don't agree with this at all. Uh, this... I wasn't expecting this one, to be honest. <laughs> like, <laughs> you bring me on this show, and it's like, we're going to give you some hot takes. And, like, this one's just completely wrong. I I don't agree with this one. Um, uh, Spider-Man has that nostalgia factor for me. I do agree that Ant-Man is a great movie. And if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's a worthwhile watch. But Spider-Man has just more in terms of character. I... Uh, Spider-Man has more in terms of flexibility between between actors. Um, Spider-Man can do just more overall for the universe as as a whole than Ant-Man. If that makes uh, any sense. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't agree with this hot take, but I will say I do like. Um... Ant-Man's powers are really more creative. You know, he can shrink down to ant size. He can speak with ants. He can, you know, become giant. Um, I I think his power, like, yes, I think Spider-Man's, I think Spider-Man's stronger. um, And I think that um, Spider-Man, I think, is the better character. But when it comes to creativity of superpowers, Honestly, I think Ant Man's a little bit better. I, I I do like his powers. I think they're really interesting. Um, but yeah, I don't uh, agree with this hot take. I do. Paul Rudd is pretty good with Ant Man, but I I will say what it, I I do like humor in superhero movies. But to be honest, in, in the Ant Man movies, I think there's just a little bit too much. It, I think they portray him too much as you know being kind of. Um, I, I don't know, kind of stupid. Um, now to the um, last hot take that um, the fans gave us. I, I really like this one. I think this one's kind of funny. And this one is the idea of Cyclops is dumb. For those of you who don't know, Cyclops is um, a character in the X-Men who has laser shoot out of his eyes. And to prevent the lasers coming out of his eyes, um, he wears glasses. So... You know, the questions can be asked, um, how do these glasses, like, protect him? 
like are they special glasses um also um how does he see because he can actually see you would think he'd be blind you know um but he can actually see apparently through the lasers um and like in the movies you know like it can just get out of control his lasers and you know his head's going everywhere and then it's going everywhere but um it, it is kind of he is really a weird character also like does he have actually like two eyes or is it just a laser coming out of his head like does he have a highs um so the hot take is the idea of cyclops is dumb i think i have to agree there are a few weird things about him to be honest i mean he does look really stupid and kind of funny as a character um but yeah i think cyclops is dumb I agree. It is pretty dumb. You look at the idea, even even when you look at images of this character, and he doesn't look cool. He just looks kind of dorky. I mean, I, I would like to hope there's a laser coming out because that'd just be cool. I mean, hey, I got laser vision. This, but I don't, know, I don't really have much to say on this. It is the idea is pretty dumb, but then again, I'm not a huge like X Men guy, so mm-hmm. take my opinion kind of with a grain of salt. Yeah, I'm I'm on the fence about this one because. Cyclops in the comics is written extremely well. And and there are a lot of different characters in the uh even in X-Men in the MCU that are written really well but their powers aren't really, you know, that impressive or explained a lot. I mean, Black Widow shoots guns and is a really good fighter but how is she going to stop a Titan from you know, basically a god with, you know, can snap existence in half. Um, yeah, I... There, it's... I like I like him as a character, but his powers aren't explained well enough in the X-Men. Yeah, uh-huh. I've only seen the movies, so I can't speak from the um, comic books. But yeah, that is all of um, everyone's um, hot takes. Well, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be Back with our own superhero hot takes. And welcome back to the Waste Spread Sales Podcast. Um, to finish off the episode, we're going to give you guys our superhero um, hot takes. I'm going to go with mine. I'm going to go with Iron Man has the best trilogy in the MCU. Now, I don't actually believe this. I, I like the Captain America series better. But for the sake of the hot take, I'm going to go with it. The first one... I. I truly actually believe this. One of the best MCU movies there is, probably in my top three or top five. It is extremely well written. I like I like the Iron Man character, you know, just with all the suits and stuff and all the technology he has. It's just really cool. Um, the second one, um, I think is um also all right. There is just a little bit like too much I think going on. I haven't seen it in a while, so um. I, I'm gonna have to rewatch it, but I do like it has a really good soundtrack in it though, and it has the great it has a pretty good scene when Tony Stark is drunk, and then to wrap it all up, Spider Man three uh, not Spider Man I'm sorry Iron Man three, um this is seen as not that good of a movie, uh but to be honest I, when I watched it in theaters I enjoyed it I thought it was a pretty solid MCU movie so uh yeah I I, I do can see how people see the Iron Man um, trilogy is the best trilogy in the MCU. Definitely one and two carry three. Um, 
And and honestly, three isn't that bad of a, a movie. I, I do like Tony Stark's character development in all these movies are really cool. As you see him, you know, he's the hotshot, rich billionaire in the first one. He's all cocky. And then you slowly start to see him kind of turn back into a human as he slowly, you know, grows his relationship with um, Pepper Potts, you know, and the end of Spider-Man 3. Uh, I keep on saying Spider-Man. Iron Man 3 is really good, but that's my hot take. Logan? Okay, this take is Cap, and you pretty much admitted that it was Cap. I mean, Captain America is the best trilogy in the MCU. Iron Man is good, but I feel like the first one's in that A tier, and the other two follow between that C and B type tier. They don't really ever meet up to the original, so it's kind of inconsistent. All the Captain America movies, like Winter Soldier is great. That's probably a top five MCU movie. And so is Civil War. And the first, in my opinion, the first Captain America is an underrated movie. It's it's not as good as the other two, but Mm -hmm. it's the first Avengers a good movie. I think it's a good origin story. I mean, I like, I mean, it is kind of creepy to see that skinny Chris Evans. That kind of haunts me in my nightmares sometimes. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) it's really scary if you go back and look at it. But eh, I mean, Captain America is better than that trilogy. Iron Man's good, but Cap takes it for me. Yeah. That's Cap. I know. I'm, I'm <laughs> sorry. I did it for the sake of hot takes. Logan, how about you give us your hot take? Yeah. We went over in this episode how much I love the first Deadpool movie, but with that being said, I thought the second one was a little underwhelming. I, I didn't like that plot line of the kid where, like, you know, he's trying to, you know what I mean? Like, if anyone's seen this movie, he's trying to, like, adopt this kid and try to take this kid under his wing, but this kid is so annoying. I don't know why Deadpool sees in this kid. Like, it's he's so annoying. I think this movie has too many plot lines going on. It's too many jokes. I feel like what they did for this movie is the writers went in, they wrote down every idea they had, and they went with it. I don't know. There, I mean, there was a few deleted scenes because, you know, they couldn't put certain scenes in theaters because of how bad it was. But I feel like it's too much going on. They tried to be bigger and better than the first one, but that's not always the case. And the plot line wasn't as good. The, the scene where he recruits the X-Force, that's what it's called, the X-Force, where, like, you know, and then they all surprise then there's that surprise scene where they'll go into battle and that yeah. scene was funny but other than that this movie was kind of underwhelming it didn't laugh as much some of the jokes fell flat and i don't i just didn't think i thought it was okay but i think the first one is a lot better than the second one i thought it was just kind of underwhelming i agree with that definitely that's a good take um you want my hot take yeah, go ahead. Yes, How please. Yes, please. Yes. I believe I want to hear. <laughs> um, Vision's death in Infinity War was poorly written. Ooh, I like it. You like it? Mm-hmm. I, I can it, get behind that one. I can get behind that one. It, it it just doesn't do it for me. It it does. It's trying to pull on your heartstrings because Vision is is a great character and he's a great, um, great superhero and all that fun stuff. But he just dies just just nonchalantly. Like, I know uh, Wanda's just, like, she goes full on beast mode and, you know, full bodies him. But that's that's it. There's there's not, like, a big service for, for, uh, for Vision at all. Because, well, I mean, it, it's just poorly written. I just, I, it doesn't do it for me, if that makes sense. They turned it into a meme, basically, because of how it was kind of, kind of the way it was done in the movie it became a giant meme yeah yeah um I, yeah I, I i never really um thought about it much but now that you say it yeah it could have really been better it was kind of like just uh, eh. yeah 
But yeah, I think I do have to, uh, I'll agree with that hot take as well. All right, everybody, this is going to conclude this episode of the Wasted Brain Cells podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Well, that's the show. Hope you enjoyed it, everyone. Had some pretty good Spider-Man opinions, some good superhero hot takes. I'm really excited for the NFL playoffs um, this weekend. Um, I'm going to be on the couch all weekend watching these games. I'm excited for them. Um, But yeah, um, make sure if you're not following us already on Instagram, follow us at Wasted Brain Cells Pod. That's where we ask everyone for hot takes so uh, if you want your hot take on the show give us a follow and answer the poll all right everyone thank you for listening goodbye